Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 29 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things? Fine, thank you. I've just been up to Whitby today, dropped my brother off. He's gone up there for a few days, uh, and I was having a few problems with my phone, but obviously I've got it sorted, so I had to get Jock to send you a private message. If I couldn't, if you couldn't get me on this, you'd have to phone yeah. me on Tom's, but um, we've got it going again. Now, Whitby, is that the one that you go over the North Yorkshire Moors? That's the one. God, frighten the life out of me. Not kidding, not kidding at all. It's uh, it's up and down a little bit. Oh, I tell you what, there's some proper steep drops there. There is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I absolutely, I hate, um, I hate heights. I do. I'm not keen of heights. We went, yeah. we went from um, somewhere up by Leeds to Whitby uh, on a Saturday morning. And uh, I always remember it. Birmingham City were playing Coventry and we won 1-0. That's how terrified I was. <laughs> and, and my lads have phoned me up on the mobile. And I, my my hands my, were just glued to the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. And Sam's there gone... steep drops. Oh, there, terrible, terrible. Anyhow, magic moments. What have you sourced for us this week, TC? Oh, what's the guy's name now? The There's a couple, there's two really. There's one, um, the Macclesfield lad. Oh, okay. The black lad, he scored an absolutely undinkable of an equaliser. Yeah, I heard uh, about that. I didn't see it. Absolutely. Uh, I wrote when you wrote on it, um, but I've been running about and I've had a problem with phone and I mm-hmm. meant to look up, look up his name again. And I hate doing that when I don't know people's names, but uh, it was an absolutely a cracking goal. I'm trying to think of the other one now. Um, there's been that many again this weekend. Which one was it? It'll come to me. Give me your two, and then I, I'll remember mine. Well, you know me, I'm always greedy. And, and so I'm, you've got three. <laughs> I've big three. The, it, it was the passes this week more than oh, the yes, goals. Oh, that, yes, that, that was a great pass from Jack, wasn't it? Oh, let's start there with the with the, with the the League Cup semi-final. How did Samata miss it? Well, <laughs> when I look at that, yeah. I, I thought it was a good game altogether. Yeah, great game. I thought the game was a good game, you know, uh, and I'm going to uh, commend Leicester and all because, you know, they played their part in a very good semi-final. Yep. Um, but, but I tell my son, uh, Tom and Jock, because uh, Jock uh, always takes the piss out of me and you, Gabby, with <laughs> on about uh, Jack Grealish. But it was a standout again. Yeah. But Leicester, Leicester, Leicester played their part in it. You know, I mean, the first goal, what uh, Jack's made, uh, He's done brilliant on it, right? But it weren't a great pass because it's City's uh, it left is, yeah. foot when he's, yeah. right? But it sat up nice. Yeah. Absolutely sat up nice. Perfectly for him to volley in, uh, to put him 1-0 uh, up. 
But having said that, and I've got to say this, you know, um, I fancied Villa to go through because I tell I tell Pedro, I said, don't underestimate Villa. You know, Villa were a good team. I know Leicester were a very, very good team, but Villa were a good team. Mm. And they were both taking the mic out of me. And um, <laughs> I thought I thought it was a standout. But at the same time, I thought Leicester should have definitely had a penalty. Because I always try to be fair with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think any of us know where we are with this with this handball rule, do we? I think the and thing it's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. But it's because what you say, Gabby, or anybody says, you know, and we know your opinions that some some look at it and say, Well, it, it didn't mean it. But it's it's handball in the box and it's going towards the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, so but uh, Villa's got away with it, they've got the result um they wanted, um, and they're going to another cup final. You know, uh, I mean, well, I think they've won that about five or six times now, the uh, yeah. League Cup, Milk Cup, whatever you want to call it. But uh, you must be absolutely so pleased and proud of Jack Grealish because you've been singing his praises for long enough now. And he's, he, well, not finally, but you can say finally that uh, people are starting to be convinced about him because he's got everything what we need or any team needs to be uh, a top-class player. And when you've got that composure on the ball, and I've always gone on about composure because that tells me you've got everything, you've got balance. If you've got composure, you create space for yourself, you create space for for your teammates, you know, and you create space for the team in general, you know, because he's got, he's got things where he can run at the ball and pull people off other people. He's composed where people have, do I go to him and, uh, uh, or do I stay? You know, and then he's got his time because he creates his own time that people are frightened to go and uh, sell themselves in case he beats them. And he's got himself time where he can play play the, you know, uh, the sublime pass. And the one uh, on Saturday, was it Saturday or the Tuesday night one? Absolutely brilliant pass. Absolutely brilliant. Well, Jackie's full of, of passes, assists and goals. Everything. And absolutely anything that you want from a footballer. He, he is my top football player currently that's playing. in the world. <coughs> I think the kid is magnificent. I heard on Talk Sport today, and it was a great spot. They were on about the Al Mohamedi, his pass. And one of the commentators said, but yeah, but did you see what had happened? Jack was making an overlapping run. And instead of going to the ball, the defender looked at it and thought, well, hang on a minute. If I commit here, he's going to put, play the ball to Jack. They were mm. more interested in Jack, in Jack, so they sat off. And then Al Mohamedou put in a great ball, but apparently Trezeguet shouted far post in Arabic, which is very <laughs> confusing. But that, that's right, because that's what happens, Gabby. Yes. Players are com- in the, the confused whether whether to go to, to, to the man or whether to go uh, uh, and pick, uh, whether it's Jack or whether it's a Messi or whether it's a Ronaldo or it's a Giggs, whoever it is, that type of player. Yep. The defender should always go to the ball. Yep. Uh, for, the, for the reason being, he's got to try and stop the pass. Yep. Now, if it's a perfect pass, there's nothing he can do and nothing anyone can do. Right, but if that if the man goes and closes uh, him down as quick as possible without selling himself, yeah. you know, and forcing him to play a certain way, it gives his team a, a bit more chance to adjust. But he didn't. He was concerned about Jack, and that's what I just said a, a minute ago. Yeah. The opposition get confused because he's got that much composure yeah. that he's got everything in his game 
which is going to frighten the opposition. And, you know, so the, 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 not the bad players, that's what, what I'm... That's the wrong word to, to use because they're playing in the Premier League. Yep. And, you know, you could play when you're playing in the Premier League. What they're doing, they're making the wrong decisions, the bad decisions, you know, and that's why they're not getting right up to that next level because the good, great players will always make the best decision. And you're right. Uh, it's that what frightened him. And he's put a ball in there. And how he missed that one, I'll never know. Yeah. Again, it's one of them that we've seen them miss so many times and you, we've we've all done it ourselves oh, whether, you, whether you're playing in finals semi-finals I'm, playing over the park or in the playground we've all done it in games where you listen, thought how'd you miss I that? Was, I was playing for Doncaster Rovers what 1974 yep. forget what team it was but somebody shot yep. and I followed in and it hit the crossbar mm. right and it bounced down yeah right it's bounced down so I'm what, I'm what a yard off it mm. a yard the keeper's on floor yeah and I've headed it and headed it over the bar yeah you want to you it's you just want to you want to hold to open up so you could fall in because yeah. you think to yourself is how have I missed that yeah you know and then everybody's laughing mm. you know and some of them, some of you some fans are giving you a stick <laughs> you know but uh, everybody misses them you know they've been the player in this world messing whatever it is hasn't missed a sitter hundred hundred percent and my second magic moment was um, Pratt's pass that Inacho scored against Brentford. I thought that was a tr- a tr- probably the best pass that I've seen all season. He's just arced it. I think it was for the uh, the uh, the right back, the Portuguese boy, and he's not. He squared the ball across, and Inacho has yeah. just come and knocked it in, and they knocked Brentford uh, out of the uh, the FA Cup. So that pass and Ben Arthur's goal. Yes, that's the one. Oh my lord, that's the one. What a goal! Unbelievable, (laughs) absolutely unbelievable. You know, and and you know, the goals because of the TV now we've seen all these great goals, aren't we? From all four divisions. Yep. You know, uh, and and you know, for the for the ones in the lower leagues, you know, that gives them great memories. That you know, their kids and their grandkids will be able to see those type of goals yeah. on YouTube because they are fantastic goals we are seeing now. And make no mistake, when from years ago there, there would have been fantastic goals, but they the all hasn't been uh, caught on clips like like they are now because this TV's all up and down every ground in the country. Yeah, and also abroad because that one was from Spain. I think it was um, Real Valladolid. Or something, something like that. I, I'm not very good at me pronunciations of the foreign names at times. Valladolid or something yeah. like that. Spanish and there, one. Was, there was another goal from the German league uh, where the, where the boy stuck it in the uh, top top corner, corner as well. Yeah, yeah. And and BT Sport, I've got to say, they they put an awful lot of great goals on their Facebook page as well. So if you're always looking for goals or you've missed these goals, have a look at BT Sport because there's some wonderful goals and, and often from the other leagues around the world as well. Well, even in Facebook and and, and, yeah. and Twitter, you get exactly. you get the fans of these clubs now putting goals on, yeah. you know, and they have. I, I try and watch as many as I can when... When they're on there, I mean, some days you, if you if you don't put the phone down, you would you'd never be off it. Yeah, you'd be watching uh, every goal. You think, well, that's a great goal. No, that's not. That's even better goal because there's that many great goals, like we've said, isn't there? You yeah. know, it's uh, it's fantastic and it's fantastic for for all these young lads to look at it and copy them. From you know, from when they get a chance to become footballers, 
it's great for these young kids to be able to see these type of things. And again, important for players like Jack to, to stay at Villa because it inspires the next crop of Birmingham kids to go out on playgrounds, on sports fields, for the school, for the Sunday, and then go to the game that's only a couple of miles up the road and watch those heroes play. Whether that's Birmingham, Albion or Aston Villa, it's irrelevant for me. It's all about playing football and, and being inspired. You're 100% right. I mean, whatever he's at Villa, he's going to you know, put a few hundred on week in, week out. Yeah. A few thousand week in, week out. He's going to build the gate up week in, week out. His problem is... He needs to play yeah. with superstars yeah. to make him into that superstar bracket. He's got everything to be the next superstar, yeah. but he needs to be playing with the elite players, the Liverpools, the Manchester Cities. And I, I hope Villa fans that whatever watch, uh, listen to this, don't think you know uh, I'm being horrible because I'm not. You know, it's a fantastic football club. I used to love playing at Aston Villa. Mm. They got tremendous support. You know, they held the they held the record in the old third division yeah. until we broke it. At, uh, so I've got a lot of respect for Aston Villa. But when you get players like Jack, Villa have got to match his uh, potential and what he's aiming for. It's not the other way around. Mm. It's them now. When, when you got that player at that level, they've got to try and match and get the players. If they're if they're trying to keep Jack, they've got the they've got to get the players to match him and and, and you know what he's what he's looking to achieve in in the in the game itself. Hundred percent. I mean, I watched that game again. I thought Leicester was superb. Another player who I'm absolutely loving and I have done for some time is is James Madison. I thought he had a great game yeah. as well last night. I think it, for me, him. James Madison and Jack Grealish, I'd build my England team around them because I think that they're both integral to the development. And if England want to go deep into tournaments, having players like that that can pull a rabbit out of the hat at any time. I wish, just wish, well, I don't wish it, wish it, it, it is not. Uh, but Brendan Rodgers is the nearest thing we've got yep. to a uh, Klopp and a Guardiola. Yep. I, I thought it was a bit unlucky at Liverpool. And did you know that the last time... Uh, Brendan Rodgers, I think what it when he was at Liverpool, the, the last time he got beat was I think Aston Villa. Right, okay. In the uh, League Cup, it, right? And Villa yeah. went when Villa went on to beat. Um, what did that you, beat? you'd be talking about the FA Cup when Jack destroyed them as well that day? In fact, I think if memory serves me right, I, I'm sure that. Jack laid on the winner for Fabian Delft because they, Liverpool took the lead through Coutinho. I'm yeah. sure Delft scored the winning goal, but Jack Grealish had a and massive the, hand in and, that. And Villa's knocked uh, Brendan out again yeah, they did, last yeah. night. Yeah. You know, I think it's something where they went on a 24-game unbeaten run after that, did uh, Liverpool. Yeah. You know, that's when they nearly won the league. <coughs> so he's, he's had a bit of... Uh, Bad luck in a bit of sense, as Brendan, yeah. you know, and, and obviously Klopp's taking them on to the next level. But I still think Brendan could have done the same thing. Uh, it was just that it just didn't fall right for him when he didn't win the league that that season. And, and Liverpool in general are fantastic support because they get behind it. The, they're never one for shouting managers out other other. No. And and they've always clapped the uh, away team or the goalkeeper, especially the goalkeeper. 
uh, when he when he's gone into the cup and the voice you know applauded and respected the uh, opposition more than any other team for me as as Liverpool. So uh, Brendan must be sick and uh, sick of the sight of Aston Villa uh, in uh, cup competitions. Hundred percent. And um, the one thing again with uh, with Liverpool, you, you're right. The supporters have always backed the players and always backed the managers, apart from Roy Hodgson. If memory serves me right, they wasn't enamoured with that appointment. No, they weren't, but they still didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, let, let's take, let's take the the incident uh, the other night, what's been shown on television uh, about Ed Woodward at uh, Man United and in and, and Glazers. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody says about Glazers, and, and part of it, I mean, they did buy Manchester United. Yeah. We're borrowing the money. You know, uh, anybody else could have done it, I would imagine. If they wanted to do it and well, take I the couldn't. risk with it, you know. No, but what I'm trying to say is, if they've got that, they they must have had the guarantees being able to do that because you just can't borrow money to to to, to buy a, a club for 800 million like they did. Yeah. Whatever it was, mm-hmm. but but people forget they've had a lot of success under the Glaziers as yeah. Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's managers what let teams fall by the wayside. Yes. When you look at the money, what that Man United spend, you know. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, so I've always, I I have said to you a hundred times about this. You can have, you can have whoever you want as players. Yeah. If you do not get the right manager, what the players believe in. Yep. Right. With his philosophy Mm -hmm. and can pick a team where the, the players fit in together and they have the respect for the manager. Right, you were never going to win, no. And the great managers, your Cloughs, your Shanklers, your Guardiolas, your Klops, all of these top managers throughout the world have all been able to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, when when Ferguson uh, has left, it was the wrong choice for David Moyes to, 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 to match Alex Ferguson. Correct. Why? All, these, all, all boys did was keep Everton in the Premier League, and I got, I got, I just not going to go at David Moyes. I got, I get sick and tired of people saying he's done a marvelous job at Everton. And Everton, it ain't Bournemouth, it ain't Norwich City. Yep. Everton's been one of the most successful football clubs in British football, yep. winning leagues and cups and FA cups and you know cup winners cups, you know. So that shouldn't be hard to keep in Everton, and then to go to Manchester United, and because what anybody said, they look disjointed. Yep. They look disjointed, and they've not looked right since. Barring when you, you can say when Oli Solskjaer came in, and he went those twelve games, uh, and wow, uh, wow, you look. Hang on a bit, can't believe this is uh, the same team. Yeah. And then obviously they've fallen by the wayside a little bit. You know, I can see that these things there. What I, I think is going to be right for Manchester United, it may take a little bit more time. But the the more they the more. Uh, they lose an odd game, the more the fans are going to get on their backs. You, you never saw Liverpool do that, even though, yes, you, you were right. Um, Hodgson, they weren't really happy with Hodgson, but they never booed him. And, you know, they just, they just made, it, made it felt that, you know, he wasn't right for that job. Yep. And people said, well, you contradict. No, I'm not. What I'm trying to say is, if you, if you look at managers what get the sack, the fans are on the back straight away. Yeah. And then they put the pressure on the chairman and then the chairman thinks, well, we better get rid of him. And 
So we show you the fans what we're going to, we're doing something about it. But then again, Gabby, what did they do? They point the same type of people. Yeah. They point the same type of people, and when you look at it, it's the when they come in, does the football look any different? No. It's no different whatsoever. When you look at the your clops of this world, choose what players they buy. The football before he got the the players he needed into that team, you could see. The shape of it, you could see that you know the 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 progress has started, and look at it now. They've got an end product with it, where they're winning trophies. As Alan Hudson says, it's all about getting, <coughs> getting those pieces to the jigsaw, and you're right. And Guardiola done exactly the same. You know, he didn't. I don't think he won the league in his first season at Manchester yeah. City, but then when he got the players that he wanted, he, he went he went on and kicked on, and and then he won it. And and you're right. But I think going back to the Glazers. You know, they must have spent probably about a billion pounds since they've took over at Manchester United. Now, as a Birmingham City fan, if we had an owner that spent a billion pounds and finished where they finished and won cups that they've won, we'd have thought we'd have died and gone to heaven. <laughs> and I think that's the difference. And, and Liverpool, the spirit of Shankly, I think they were quite heavily involved in getting rid of Hicks and Gillette as well because they didn't quite like that ownership. But it does look a happy ship at the moment at Liverpool. But... Klopp has rocked the boat with not turning oh. up. What's your... Firstly, I, I, I want your opinion on that, TC, but I want to rewind a little bit to 1974 because as a young teenager, you played in the replay against Liverpool. You draw 2-2 at Anfield. You brought them back to Bellevue. There was over 22,000 supporters in that ground and there was Clements, Thompson, Lloyd, Hughes, Lindsay, Callaghan, Cormac, Hall, Highway, Keegan and Alan Waddle. They brought a full-strength team in 1974. Let's have your opinion. Well, up there, up there, we give them a fright. Yep. And I mean, and I mean a fright. And we've got a good goal scorer, in a guy called Peter Kitchen. Yep. Uh, Great, great, great goal scorer, Kitch, and a very intelligent player. Yeah. Just lacked a little bit of pace, but quick thinking, where he could still get away from people. Yeah. But if it had been, you know, if it had been really quick, Kitch would have been up there among the elites, you know, because he was a great, great, great finisher. And he just, just, I, I clipped the bar to make it three-one, mm. uh, and then Keegan equalised in, in the last ten minutes to take the. Make, uh, take it into a replay took it back to Bellevue and like you said there were 22,000 people there it was played in a, a, on a Wednesday afternoon because there was a power cut there was a power strike and there were fans up on pylons and you know it wouldn't be allowed today but, but it was unreal but no what can you say about Klopp absolutely fantastic football manager mm. fantastic pers- personality the team what he's had at Dortmund and, and, and Liverpool we all of us have got nothing but praise for him, but for him to Correct. come out with that statement, yeah. you know, I, I can't defend him. I can't defend him. You know, uh, whether whether I've been a manager, not been a manager, and whatever he's won, at the end of the day, we've all got opinions, and it's ruined. It's ruining our FA Cup, uh, and I, I don't get it because we keep going on about uh, games. Uh, we're playing too many games. Well, as soon as, it, as soon as, if it, once they have a winter break, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to let their players have time off? No. They're going to be taking them around the world to make money. Yeah. You know, so they'll never have time off. They will never have time off. So, no, I think uh, he's let himself down uh, and he's, he's not done the FA Cup any favours. 
uh, with it when you wrote about it, and I said Manchester United didn't even go, yeah. didn't even go into the competition. You know, it's all wrong. You know, they went into the fourth round. It's all they? wrong. It's all wrong because what anybody said, they have big squads now yep. to be able to to be able to manage in these cup competitions. Yeah, and they're not even playing some of the even. Top stars, or when I said top stars, top players want to play big money for what's not gaining team. No. They're, they're playing kids. Yeah, under 23s. You know, and I like that. I want to see kids get a game. Same there. I want to see kids get a game. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake of that. But it's the wrong thing for him to do. It's the wrong thing for him to say. Whatever he's winning football, I'll be like everyone else. I will eat praise on him because it's fantastic. But that, you know, I can't praise him for that. And, and I think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong. In my opinion, he's wrong. Uh, and if players, you ask any any player wants to play football, near my rest. When do you see Ronaldo get rested? When the 34? When do you see Messi get rested at 32? You don't see him get rested at 32, right? Because they wouldn't allow it, you know. So what what he's done with that, with all the great things he's done for Liverpool? And not in Liverpool for football in, in in general because both his teams, Dortmund. I remember Dortmund playing at Wembley in the in the Champions League final, and I, I loved the way how they played. So I love Klopp, and everything he's done in football has been fantastic. But I cannot defend him on this, and I think uh, and I don't think he's wrong. In my opinion, he's wrong. I'm looking at it on another um, in another way as well. To say yeah. You you went on and and fortunate. I mean, you were a great player. You you played with some of the greatest players that British footballs ever produced, and and on an international stage as well. When you when you played in Europe for Everton, so you've rubbed shoulders with with the greatest. Some of them players that you played with at Doncaster didn't go on and cut out such a wonderful career as you. And I'm guessing some of these Shrewsbury players also aren't going to go on and progress into the game and play at that top level. And I just think it takes away that moment when you don't take a full strength side or some of your top players. And and I, I just think that for some of those players, it will be the only time that they ever get to play on the same pitch as the likes of Salah and Mane and Firmino. You are one. That's what's annoyed me more than anything. You are one hundred percent on that, and we should respect Shrewsbury and give them the opportunity to go and play in front of a full house yeah. at Liverpool. And Liverpool fans are good, no doubt. Yeah. That they, they, they might fill the stadium anyway. Yeah. You know, but you're right. You're one hundred percent right. Wouldn't it be great for those boys to go and play alongside yeah. Robinson, Salah, Allison, Firmino? Uh, Sani, I know Sani's injured. You know, yeah. Anderson, uh, <coughs> Winilnam. You know, all these great players. They, they should be playing against them. And I hope, I hope Klopp changes his mind. And I hope Klopp is on the sideline because that would be even worse with him not playing the full team for him not to be on the uh, touchline as well as I think that may give his reputation a little bit of a downer for me. And again, the great Bill Shankly took that Liverpool team to Bellevue 
and you played against one of the greatest teams in Europe. And that must have just been so inspiring, not just for the players, but the crowd that attended to watch those superstars. And that's the moment that's been taken away from Shrewsbury. And that is the fundamental thing that I disagree with. Well, those, those players at Shrewsbury were no different to what I was doing. I used to watch, you know, Emily News, yeah. Kevin Keegan, uh, Tommy Smith, Ray Clemens, all these great, Alec Lindsay, all these great players, yeah. you know, Callaghan, Toshak. used to watch all these players on, on to match of the day on a Saturday night. And then I had the chance uh, to play against them at Bellevue. I was on the bench. Well, I was only 18 yeah. at the time. I was on the bench. And I hadn't been at Doncaster that long, so to go up to Anfield, you know, and I can remember match it, they used to show players going out when it said, this is Anfield, yep. you know, and a lot of players would touch it, especially the Liverpool players. I remember coming down the tunnel looking at that for the first time and thinking, great players, the George Best, the Bobby Charlton's, exactly. your Peter Swans, your Jim McKelly uh, great players throughout the world and in our, in, in, in our leagues. Have, you know, have gone there, and to, so I'm playing against them, a little fourth division club, Doncaster Rovers. On shows me now in the Championship too. So uh, it will be a disappointment for them. They're not going to play against Mo Salah and them, but um, they will have that satisfaction of playing at Anfield in an FA Cup, and no doubt it'll be back on television. Did you ever touch the "This Is Anfield" sign? As oh in yeah, a way, you, yeah, you did. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, because again, it's it, it's the opponents that touch it because Anfield is such. I, I, I guess when you've when we talk about football, you, the home of football, and you go well Wembley Stadium, and then you probably go the Maracanã, and then you probably say Anfield or Old Trafford, the Bernabeu or the New Camp, because that's how big them grounds are. Well, uh, Old Trafford has always been a, a special stadium for a lot of people. Yeah. But Anfield, it was the sign, you know, because they used exactly. to show them touching the sign. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I when I did it, I, I, I'll tell you what I said to myself, Gabby. Yeah. Uh, when I touched that sign, I'll show you a little bit. I, I, went, I wasn't on the bench that day. Yeah. Right? And I went, I'll show you if I get on. Yeah. All you players will keep touching this, and you know, you Liverpool players, you know, this is our sacred fortress, you know. But that's how I, that's how I thought, yeah. you know. Little Doncaster, and I'm thinking I can go up there and beat Liverpool. Yeah. But I have that belief in myself, and it's such a, it's an icon that sign, you know. Uh, they don't show it as much now, but when I was playing, you know, every time they were on match day, it always showed your players coming out touching that sign. They did. And also, as well, what I loved about Match of the Day in the old days, you you had a, a couple of games and you would have a game from probably the yeah, League well, Division 2 or Division 3 yeah. as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. And and there was always that. And, you know, that, that sign there, this is Anfield. Anfield. It's, it's a statement. And as it's say, an iconic statement. It's yeah, an iconic it's, it's, uh, uh, sign. And what's also iconic is the League Cup. And I posted up last night when you looked at the celebrations and Aston Villa, who got to the first uh, League Cup final in 1960-61 season, started in 60, and then they played the final against uh, Rotherham in 1961 at the beginning of the season and are going to be in the latest Cup final of the League Cup. 
which has been sponsored by many, Rumbelows and Milk and, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth, and now it's the Carabao. But I posted up, that's why you cannot get rid of the League Cup, because it gives special moments for special players and the chance to play at Wembley. And I would rather... And again, it's just me and it's a personal opinion and I, I didn't get to play semi-professional or, or professional football. But I would rather go to Wembley and play in a cup final than finish fourth in the Premier League because I've got a medal. I've had the occasion and that's what I've lived all my life to do is play in a Wembley Cup well, final. Well, it's only it's only money why people want to finish fourth because exactly. the majority of them yeah. are never going to win the Champions League, yep. the majority I'm talking about. Yep. I mean, if Liverpool finish fourth, you've, they've got a they've got a chance. Yes. And then Manchester United have got a chance. But Tottenham's in general, if they finish fourth, they don't win the FA uh, the uh, Champions League. You don't you don't see that. You, you'll always see the the one what's finished first or second what go go on to win it practically. Yeah. Right. But all these managers make me laugh because when I say make me laugh, I'm not going to make me sick, but the really, the moan and groan, right, when they haven't got the money, if they can't compete with, with Man United of this world, you know, they say, well, uh, they've got all the money, they're buying all the best players, boom, boom, boom. And then when they get to the into that elite group, yep. they're the first ones to complain. Yeah. You know, they complain uh, that they haven't got the money to go and compete with the elite, and then they're complaining that they've got too many games. Yeah. Just surely... You know, you want to be playing games because then you go for if whatever you're playing games, you're in every competition, right? Once you get knocked out of these competitions, the season's dead. Yeah, the season's dead. Mm-hmm. And practically, when you've got a when you've got a Newcastle uh, this world and your Benitas are, are not wanting to win an FA Cup or a League Cup to stay in Premier League, it's, I think to myself. Why would I want him as a manager? Exactly. Maybe we can't win a, a, a league because we haven't got the players what are consistent enough to play uh, or have the consistency to play uh, <coughs> a full season uh, and get enough wins or draws to win as a, a, a Premier League. But with a bit of a with a bit of luck, we could win an FA Cup or a League Cup. So when they do not try and win a cup competition. You know, I would not. If I was a, an owner of a football club, I wouldn't want. I'd, I'd said, you know, if you don't try and win. Now, if if they get knocked out fair and square, or with a bit of a lucky goal against them, I'll hold my hands up. You know, but once they start to mess around with it with with, with the cup, yet they don't want to drop the price, the clubs, when they're not playing the top players. But they want the they want they expect the fans to pay the top prices and not see the top players. Yeah. And it's wrong. It's all wrong how they've gone about it. I think it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, back in your day when you played football, you played with the same 11 week in, week out. When I'd done my interview for my 70s with Alan Clark, Leeds United, in them days we played 42 first division games. You also played international games. Leeds United got to semi-finals and finals in Europe and in this country in both competitions. So Leeds United probably played 70 games on bad pitches where players had the lumps kicked out of them. It's yep. absolutely ridiculous to the extreme. But the problem isn't getting rid of any of our domestic cups. The problem is if they want to 
decongest, for want of a better word or phrase, the, uh, the, the, the fixture list, turn the Champions League, the Europa League, into the European Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, and the UEFA Cup. That way, then, you haven't got the congestion, but they won't do it because they're all a load of greedy bastards. Well, what's that? What, what's happened when when you when when you really look at football? Yeah, they've cut the the Premier League down. We've got to call it the Premier League because it's the Premier League. Yeah, they've cut that down to give them uh, less game time. Yes, right. Uh, the reason why they're getting more cup replays is because they're playing kids. Yeah, right. They're not playing the first team, yet they're complaining about it. Exactly. They're only playing half of it, not even half of it. Yeah. And then the Champions League, they're made into a Champions League. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Right. And they're not and even the champions. And the worst one of all, and the worst one of all, is the Cup Winners' Cup, which is Europa League. Yeah. Right? Where teams drop out of the Champions League. Yeah. Right? To help give them a chance to win. An, so why do, they, why, do they have to, why do they have to play all these games in the UEFA Cup. Greed. Tell me why. Greed. Because yeah, when greed. Burnley got into it, mm-hmm. it doesn't do Burnley a favour playing, well, Burnley does not do Burnley a favour playing all them games. It doesn't. No, you start Because they do not have the strength in depth of a Liverpool and a Manchester City and a Manchester United. Yeah. You know. So, when I look at it all, they're saying things because the majority of these are the elite of the elite. Correct. Right? And they're just making excuses up. Correct. If players are not playing particularly well, or players are out injured, or they're, they're tired, they're playing too many games. Well, I'll tell you what Bill Shankly did, and I'll tell you what, uh, and don't tell me, oh, you're looking in the past. No, it's about getting rest. Yep. At football, it's about getting rest, right? So what the, what, what, uh, the clubs and the Shanklers did over the years, and the Paisleys, the, 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 the 30-year-olds and the 32-year-olds had have a couple of days a week off. When they're playing in the big, you know, European Cups and uh, League Cup semi-finals and FA Cup quarter-finals and the Europa Cup or <coughs> UEFA Cup, whatever you you want to call it, uh, they give the the older players two or three days off mm. to recover. What do they do now? They, I hear them turn around and say, "We don't get enough game time on pitch, <coughs> in, on training pitch." And then when they get when they get them on training pitch. They're spending hours and hours and hours. I mean, when you're paying 15, 20 million pounds for footballers, they should be able to pass a ball, yeah. control the ball, recompose the ball, understand the game. And the coaches are showing them how to play football yeah. when they're 25 and 26. Yet the same players are making the same mistakes week in and week out. So who's wrong? Is it the players? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> or is it poor coaching? Because there's something wrong, Gabby. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think it's a bit of both. I, th- I think some some players it always baffles me when they they can't kick or control the ball with both feet, and some of the coaches and some of the managers, and it all comes down to the philosophy of football and how you wanna how you wanna engage and play the game. That's all it boils down to. Let's move on. The to philosophy, our, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's move on to our five of the best British managers of the seven. Who's your five? Well. I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to give you five English ones, and I don't mean that as a, um, a racist thing, because obviously it's England, mm. and I'd like to see top five, and I still, I still love other great footballing managers throughout the world. I really do. Yeah. But the five uh, is got to be Shankly. Yep. It's got to be Cluffy. Yep. It's got to be Bob Paisley. Yep. Uh, I've got to have Bill Shank, uh, Bill Nicholson in there. Okay. 
and I've got to have Dom Revy in there for what he achieved in league football with Leeds United. Again, can't disagree with, uh, with with any of those. I mean, <coughs> the the one thing that I would say about Bill Nick, it was more sixties, wasn't it, than seventies? Yeah. Well, um, yes. Well, uh, so then you, you're right on that. So I'll go with uh, Bertie Me at Arsenal because you're right. Nick was early 60s, right, right up to 67, 68. I think he retired at about 70. So I'd go with Bertie Mee at Arsenal. And Bertie Mee being the old physio at Arsenal that got the yeah. managerial's job. Job, yeah. But um, Uddy says... Was he, he not the first one to win the double? Well, Arsenal. He, he was in the 70s. Um, Tottenham won it in the 60s, didn't 60s, they? 60s, yeah, yeah. And then when Tottenham won the, uh, the the double in the 60s, they went and bought Jimmy Jimmy Greaves back from Italy. That's right. <laughs> not, yes. not, a, yeah. not a bad signing. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, Bertie Mee was a great man manager, but Uddy uh, says, it, you know, it was pretty much done out. It was the football, the brains be, behind that. And, um, and Bertie Mee, tremendous man-to-man manager and motivator and Alan tells a wonderful story about Alan Ball and, and Bertie Mee which is on one of uh, my life my music podcasts well, my... great. by the way they are great there. Like, I like listening to those Well, I can, I can listen to you and Uddy all day long talking of football and playing different songs and the, the story behind the songs and the lyrics and things that went on in the game back in your day and, and different players that you played against. I think it's different class. But my five are, and to be fair, in no fixed order, because I think that they were all fantastic managers. Um, Cloughy. He was a one-off, he was. And, 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 and what I would say in the 70s, if I was going to pick one manager to define the 70s, it would be Brian Howard Clough. Yes. Because right. he, he did start in those early 70s up to the end of the 70s and beyond. And Brian well, that Derby County, everything. If he, if, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't resign at that Derby County, how, what would they have won? What European would they have won? Because it was a great, great footballing team. Yeah. Great footballing team he put together. And also, Sorry for interrupting you. Sorry. No, you, you crack on. And also, with what you would... What you would say, and again, no disrespect to Nottingham Forest and Derby, I think they're both fantastic football clubs, but not a massive club. And Cluffy done it and also won the European Cup twice when you had to actually win your league to get into the European Cup. So I'm just going to put Cluffy on a pedestal because um, he is my favourite manager of Well, all you time. know, you, you know what his, fav- uh, his famous quote is. It'd certainly be in the top one. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and and a manager <clears throat> and the, the the others here um Bob Paisley again pretty much got the baton off um off Bill Shankly because that boot room Bob was part of the boot room and yeah. and all that boot room was there before um Bill Shankly it was Bill that come and and breezed into the boot room and just added the magic to it that that was just waiting for that spark and Bill was the last piece of the jigsaw to make Liverpool Football Club arguably the greatest football club on the planet. You so, would all, you would always have to put Bob Bailey in Gavin I'll 100%. tell you for reason you for for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. Shankly took Liverpool from the old second division. Yep. And made it into the institution it is now. Yeah. Right? But you, he, 
he, Paisley has taken over an icon. Yeah. Right? The, the, he was Liverpool. Yeah. It was, Shankly was on the same par as the Beatles. Yeah. So when he retired, mm. right, and Bill didn't win the European Cup. No. Win the UEFA Paisley, Cup. Yeah. to keep, to keep that going, yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. And when you look what Ferguson's did at Manchester United. Exactly. And he's just fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, so what I'm trying right. to say is, yes, you are 100% right what you said about Shankly. Yeah. But Paisley, to carry on, and so unassuming compared to uh, Bill Shankly. Yeah. To be able to uh, command the respect from those players, different type of manager than Shankly. Yeah. It's phenomenal what he did. Phenomenal. Yeah. So, so those those are my, my my first three: Cluffy, Shanks, and Paisley. Um, the next one, although I I really didn't like him as England manager, but when you look at what Don Reeve did, Snap. what what Don Reeve did at Leeds United. So I'm judging Don Reeve on what he did at Leeds United, and when you analyse the games, the amount of games, and for a number of seasons. So Leeds wasn't just going for the league championship or the double. Leeds were going for the treble. They were yes. just probably season the in, yeah, season, season exactly, in, yeah. season out. And yeah. and he, he and, and Don Revy for yeah. out for, because he was bad for England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. bad. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. I didn't like him for England. He was what Bill Shankly did for Liverpool. Yeah. They were in the old second division. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. yeah. He even changed the strip. Yep. To make them look like Real Madrid. Yeah, he did, yeah. And he, and he turned the team in mm-hmm. to the footballing philosophy yep. on a Real Madrid uh, basis. Yeah. And it, and it, it was. I mean, that team, that team should have won more league cups, uh, more leagues, more league cups, more FA cups, but they were competing for, for, for like you just said, 100% like you said. Yeah. They were competing for the treble in, season in, season out, European Cup, FA Cup, League Cup, yeah. with... The practically same eleven players, one substitute. Mm. Unbelievable, unbelievable when you think about it. It's incredible, and you're right. When you look at and you research it, you just have to admire and respect. And I think that any person of a certain age could start at one, end at eleven, and name the whole Leeds United team. That's a fantastic Leeds United word. Well, Dunbar. my team, Sheffield Wednesday, I can guarantee you, Gavis Brake, Paul Reaney, Tevi Cooper, Jack Jelton, Norman Hunter, Paul Mainly, uh, always played because somebody was out injured. Yep. Uh, uh, Giles, Bremner, Lorimer, Clark, Jones, Eddie Gray, yep. and, and then you add... Uh, Paul mainly, but one of them were always injured, so he played. Yep. And then the two main substitutes in those days would have been Tebby Yorath and Bates. Yep, 100%. Yeah. And I'm not a Leeds fan. No, same here. But I'll never forget the football yeah. there. In fact, I love Jack Chowden, and I, I hated the way how we played at Sheffield Wednesday, and I used to say to him, you know, I can't believe you, the football you all played up at Leeds. I said, and you were better. You got you. You should have got more credit for it. Because Jack Charlton, when you watch the clips of him running out with the ball from the back, it, yeah. it's un, it's un, it's un, it's untrue, you know. And I said to him, you should have won hundreds of more games of, you know, why did you, why didn't he get a goal? And he's first thing he said to me, because I said to him, you should have got a proper goalkeeper. He said it was it was uh, Sprague. 
yeah. said it, it, it always cost us. He said we were that good, mm. and then manager didn't think we needed a goalkeeper he said, because we would always uh, outscore more more teams, right? And I said to Jack, I can I can never I can never understand that, but I can never understand you in that team wanting to play the football as you as you become a manager, you know. But you're right, Revit without Leeds United. What in every competition, season in, season out, for ten years, <coughs> and also I was a kid in the seventies, watching match of the day, watching football, probably more engrossed in football than in any other decade since I've been on this planet. I don't remember anybody moaning about too many games back in those days. No, no, uh, you just wanted to play. Exactly, everybody wanted to play. Yeah, and you know. my. Sorry, um, cool. and my final, my final choice um, is Tony Waddington. Tony Waddington, Tony yes. Waddington, and and that quite simply comes out of my friendship um, with Alan Hudson and Alan talking. I get to that. Me. I, I get that. We we with you. We 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 are in that. But yeah. what I will say about Tony Waddington, mm-hmm. and when now you fetched fetched him up because what he did at Stoke City was phenomenal yep. you know and he did bring uh, a couple of older players in uh, to get that to, like Banks from Leicester uh, Greenoff uh, Udi I mean Udi was still a young lad from, from Chelsea yeah. but to bring that type of player into for an unfashionable team mm. Udi shouldn't have been playing at Stoke and again Stoke fans don't take this wrong way Udi was a a Champions League player and he should have been with a Champions League team uh, week in, week out. And Liverpool and Man United, Nottingham Forest. Mm. Well, Forest weren't uh, doing that well in those days. But the Leeds United. And Waddington should have had and been able to, to manage one of the top three or four clubs in the country. And I, I, I guarantee he would have won a league. He, he he'd done phenomenal at Stoke. He he was a manager. What could get the best out of the Currys and the Hudsons of this world? So again, I, I apologise for inter- interrupting you, but I thought he was a bit lucky not to manage one of the bigger clubs. Hundred percent. And <coughs> Tony Tony Waddington was Matt Busby's choice to replace him at Manchester United, but Tony didn't want to. He wanted to stay at Stoke City and build because Waddington had been at Stoke forever and a day. It was Waddington that brought the great Stan Matthews back. It was Waddington that had the Waddington wall. And Alan, that was the first time that Alan seen Tony Waddington. The Chelsea fans were giving him such clog and and abuse because I think they got a nil-nil draw at Stamford Bridge and got promoted but it was with the Waddington wall it was quite negative and defensive when he brought when he brought Hudson I'll never forget this when he brought Hudson to Stoke Mm -hmm. it had projected Stoke onto another level of football oh yeah and they were they were I mean I'm a bit older than you Mm. maybe 10 years older than you so I remember it and it's clear I can see it clearly in my head you know, Pedgick, Smith, Hudson, uh, Conway. Conroy. Conroy, Conroy. Mm. Um, Salmonsey. The football they were playing were absolute. You could ask, in my store players, if you, if I feel like Man United fans, it, it would a joy when they watched Stoke play Man United at, at the Victoria Gown and at Old Trafford. They went out to attack Manchester United. Yeah. They didn't sit back. 
They went out and they were entertaining games. And, and he, he, he projected uh, with those type of players, he took Stoke onto another level. And he finished up winning a, a, a League Cup. I think what the, the, it just started to fail when... Um, I think they had one or two problems with the ground and they had to sell somebody. Well, Hudson, I think they had to sell, didn't they? Do you know, do you know what happened? It, it was the January 1976. So it was the January of uh, when when we had that, the long hot summer of 1976. And um, the, the roof blew off the Butler's Lane station, um, Butler's uh, Lane end at, yeah. um, at the old Victoria ground. The directors didn't insure it. So they need exactly, yeah. They needed the money to uh, to repair this, to repair the roof and repair the stand. So they had to sell Greenoff and uh, and Hudson. And it was the same as that when Osgood and Hudson got sold at Chelsea. That was to finance the East Stand at Stamford Bridge. That was the decline then at Stoke City. hundred oh, percent. Stoke have never recovered, in my opinion. But but when he joined uh, as a young kid in January of nineteen seventy four, so uh, Hudson was twenty, what twenty three. June birth, so it'd have been 24 at the end of the season. They were in the bottom three, and uh, through Woody and, and galvanising the Stoke City team, uh, got them within, I think it was either four or five points of eventual winners, Liverpool. And if Woody would have come at the beginning of the season, you could argue that Stoke City would have been Football League champions. You know, managers always want to blame people like Hudson and me, even myself. Mm. And some, you know, I, and I, I, I do blame myself at times for my for my career. But there's one or two managers uh, let us down and failed mm. uh, with us. And 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 part of it was their fault as much as what the players' fault fault was. So uh, Hudson will always go down as one of the great English players of all time for me. Will always go down as one of the greatest. And Tony Waddington says to Alan, Alan, I'll never tell you how to play football because that's what I've bought you for, to play football. You're doing everything, but just in the wrong order. And Hudson had the most magnificent um, communication and respect. And uh, they were a match made in heaven, those two, Hudson and Waddington. And as I say, sadly, when uh, when Hudson was sold, it did go downhill for Stoke City. But, you know, what a great team Stoke were. Behind the lens, TC, let's have a look at that photograph that we've put up in our group, The Current View. It's you, Borley and McMenemy. You don't look too happy. You said there's a wonderful story behind it. What was it? Well, as uh, I can remember turning round and seeing, and seeing Alan go down and, and, and pick something up. I, I thought something had been thrown at him. Yeah. Right? And uh, he hated... Well, I mean, the player likes losing. Make no mistake. And some show he in different ways, but he hated losing. You can see the fate, the disappointment uh, in his face yeah. uh, after the game. But when we go into the dressing room, he, uh, he said to me, he said, yeah, he said, he said, you may never get a chance to play here again, Terry. And in those days, we got a, we got a medal and a tankard. Yeah. And he put some uh, Wembley turf uh, into the tanker. Yeah. You know, he says, keep that and put it in your garden. And I lived at East Lee in uh, just on the outskirts of Southampton. And I put it in my garden there. And then when I left to come to Sheffield Wednesday, I dug it up. Uh, and I put it into my garden up in, um, where is it, uh, Wheatshaw Lane in Cuddeth. Yeah. 
I lived down Wheatshaw Lane. I don't know if it's still there because the, blo the bloke might have re-turfed it, but that's where it finished up, a piece of Wembley turf. But that's what that was uh, the picture uh, were caught of us walking around the pitch after the game. But Borley got uh, bent down and got a piece of uh, Wembley turf just to give me uh, and said, look, treasure that because you may never get a chance to play uh, at Wembley again. And again, that is the importance of experienced players when they have young uns. And Brian Little, when I interviewed Brian Little, he was talking about looking around corners. And he's absolutely right, because Borley could look around corners. Yeah. Borley knew what was going to happen in the future. So, son, you might not ever do it again. Savour it. Savour the moment. Enjoy it. Because... Sometimes youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? And especially yep. when they're in cup finals and it just goes so quickly. But them, them experienced players, enjoy it, son. Go out there's and play lot, with a smile on your face. There's a lot of players what's got to the finals yeah. and they've lost. Yeah. And they've just, when I say not thrown them away, but they've given them away at some point because it means nothing to them. Yeah. If they don't win, it means nothing to him, you know, and Bali was one of those, you know, I can remember going into the dressing room and just throwing it onto the uh, bench uh, in the changing room is, is um, medal. Yeah. You know, you got a medal and you got a tank and you just threw it on there. I don't know if you picked it up or not, you know, mm. but um, if you don't win it, you, majority of players will tell you it means nothing to you. You know, it's it's the winning one um, what's the most important. But I'll never forget <clears throat> when I first when I when I first when I first joined there with Borley, and I had a, one or two little funny things when I when I, the day I'd signed with him. But once I got to really know him and we became really really good friends, uh, he used to phone me up and said, "Come on, coming over, uh, we're going out." So he'd phone up and so said, "We're going on a little job," and then one day. Uh, he took me into uh, where he kept all his medals. Yeah. And he took me, uh, opened the big cabinet with all his medals put in, and he showed me the, the, the medal of the World Cup. So that was, you know, I never got to play in a, uh, well, I never got to play for my country, never got to play in a World Cup uh, game or anything like that. But to touch a World Cup medal, you know, there's not many of them, not many of us not to, uh, touched the World Cup medal. So even that was I'll always go down as a great memory for, for me. Him, you know, allowing me uh, have a World Cup medal in my hand. And this is the thing, and and that's why, going back to the original uh, big issue questions here, the importance of Cups, because it gives you the chance to have those memories until the day you die, you'll always cherish those memories. Oh, games of football, unbelievable! Uh, listen, I was 11 years old when they when they won the World Cup. Yeah. Sat in me in my mum and dad's council house mm. on Saturday, <clears throat> watching England win the World Cup. Mm. And one day I'm playing with Jack Charlton. Uh, we 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 Alan Ball at yeah. Southampton, and then I got Jack Charlton buying me for Sheffield Wednesday, mm. another World Cup uh, winner. So. For someone to come from a little mining village, you know, watching the watching uh, the English team, my idols, because obviously I always love England to do well. Yep, same uh, My idols uh, winning the World Cup and being able to uh, 
see both, you know, I, obviously I saw Jack Chattel's medal, but the first one I saw was Ballers. Yeah. And I talk about that, Ballers, because that was the first one. You know, I mean, I, Jack showed me all his medals, what, what, what he won at Leeds United. <clears throat> you know, and the importance, and when they were showing you, when they are talking to you about it, trying to relate, you know, <clears throat> in football, that's what you've got to try to achieve, to win yeah. trophies. You know, and then even... <clears throat> There's a lot of them had to sell them because obviously they didn't. They haven't made the money what yeah. um, modern day footballers, but they've won it. It's always in the memory. I mean, the ones what have been able to be financially secure, you know, uh, will have passed them on to their kids. But a lot, a lot of them had to sell them, didn't they? You know, even Gordon Banks had to sell his medal. Yes, yeah, you know. Exactly. So when you get somebody like Gordon Banks, you know. But when I when I look at that for a for a little boy coming from Kinder Little Mining Village, to be able to have a, a World Cup medal in the end and play alongside one of the World uh, Cup winners and being managed by a World Cup winner, it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Did Jack or Borley ever show you the medal when they finished third or fourth in the first division? Ooh. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Oh, I, I would, I could, I, when you send me, I'm thinking they've never played at that level. <laughs> you, you I could, don't think we got a medal, to be honest, Gabby. Because again, this is the thing: you don't get medals for finishing in the Champions mm. League places, but you do get medals for winning the League Cup, the FA Cup, the World Cup, yes. and any cup. And that's what the game of football is all about. Wanting a win and oh. winning medals, and that was unlucky by Aguero. It would have been game, set, and match if it had They're gone absolutely in. battering Manchester United. Yeah, but TC is game, set, and match for us because we are yeah. over the hour again. So that can only be one thing. Our football forecast, you are 11 9 up. So once again, you get to pick the music. But we always uh, have a quick chat about uh, young Jock, and it's his birthday today. So many happy returns, Jock. Don't get taking the piss out of Gabby and the old man about Jack Grealish. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. How's the young man's fitness and is he playing and how's the ammy and all the rest of it? I took him for a scan. He had to go to scan at Garforth. Uh, and then obviously they'll, they'll get they'll relate him back to Grimsby and they'll find out because he's got out training and he keeps breaking down. So, mm. uh, but But then again, at that level... No disrespect to games with anyone at that level. At Premier League, they'll have four or five, maybe six physios. Yep. They've only got one at Grimsby. And the first team will be more important than what Jock is. So it's, it, it's not fit. Um, but at least now they'll get to the bottom of it. Yep. And uh, so what I've said to him now, just rest it, right? Take the advice, what they're going to tell you at the club. Get fit and go and, and go show in all the way what you can do, because like I said to you all along, once that once that frame fills out, he'll he'll be a decent player. But even last night, Gabby, going back to to Jack Grealish, and I mean, you see, they're trying to take the piss out of me, and then they'll face you into it. <laughs> or even Gabby, look, Jack Grealish, or oh, Jack Grealish, or oh, Jack Grealish. 100% Terry or 100% Gabby Jack Grealish listen, but even them two last night Gabby turn around and say Dad he can play I said listen make no mistake when your dad tells you something don't worry about it but uh, they do try and get the piss out of us but uh, no he's injured um, he's had it for a while now this yeah. And it's never, it's not rested it right. So uh, they'll get to the bottom of it now, and then we'll we'll take it from there. 
Well, good luck. But it is his birthday, yep. so I wish him happy. I wish him happy. I wish him happy birthday. So with him living down in Grimsby. Yeah. But I've had to take my brother up to up to uh, Whitby else. We'd have gone out for a meal over there tonight. Watford versus Everton TC is the first one of the weekend. How do you see that one? 2 0 Everton. Oh, okay. Right, blimey. That was very quick. I thought I'll tell you the reason gonna... why I think they've had the little run, Watford. Okay. I think they've had the little run. I could be wrong. Mm. And I, 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 I'd, I'd like Nigel Pearson to keep him up and for him to be successful because I thought he'd done well at Leicester and he was actually treated. Yeah. You know, but I've just got a funny feeling. You know, I think they've they've had the they've had the new um, manager syndrome come in where it it falls her, it falls her way, and they've got the results. Uh, and I know he didn't play a strong team uh, at um, Sammy when they when they got beat. Yeah. The problem with all this is fans are so frickle, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't make any difference whether the first team played or they didn't play. It's a game they've lost. Yep. And if 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 they set if Everton set off on the front foot and Watford are under pressure, the fans will get on the back. Yep. You know, and they become more nervous because it's the TV pundits and the fans what put the pressure on players. And if the players can't handle it, so for me, I, I've just got a funny feeling this is going to be a big result for Everton. Well, I'm going to go one-one because I need the points as well. To be fair, I'm eleven-nine down. <laughs> and you need the prizes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going for a draw. Watford won, Everton won. Bournemouth versus Aston Villa. Big game round the bottom of the uh, the Premier League. How do you see that one shaping up? 2-0 again, Villa. I think they've turned the corner. Yeah, I'm this, gonna... this will give them so much confidence. It will do, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. This will give them so much confidence. I'm going to... And I know... Uh, and they've got one or two players coming back, Bournemouth. Um... <laughs> And if anybody, and I know he's spent money at Bournemouth, if anybody's overachieved, it's him. Yeah. Eddie Howe with that team, because it's only a small club. Yeah. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go 2 0 Aston Villa. And I'm going to go 3 1 for Villa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I, I, I think Villa, Villa will win. Villa Jack's didn't... playing with that swagger at moment in time, and ah, he's, making just... the te- he's making the team tick. So that, that's why I've gone a 2 0. That's why I've gone 2 0 for me. It's just, it's, he is just different class, and it's lovely. Getting all these experts. I had Kevin Nolan on about him on Talk Sport today, and he was saying, "Look, I've heard why is it taking so long?" Well, it, again, this is the thing, and it amazes me. That's what I go. Why and how did you do you not watch football? I mean, if you've got a player like that, I, I want to watch that player all the time. But they go are back, catching up. Go back to the early, early, early things. I said to you, yep. what he needs to do now is score goals. He started scoring goals. Yeah. What did I say to you? Some of them will call him a maverick. Did they call him a maverick, some of them? Yep. It's unbelievable. It's mm. unbelievable because all they try to do is to cover themselves yeah. and they say the right things for the authorities. Me and you say the right things, not in an harmful way, but they think it's more harmful because we demand, not demand it, but we, we put the pressure on them to pick them and that's why they don't like what we say. And also we called um, Madison a maverick as well. So I thought, flipping heck. <laughs> Why can't we just say they're just brilliant football players who are the best that we've got in this country by a mile? So pick them both. <laughs> Birmingham City. That's for a manager to sort it out, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. Birmingham City versus Nottingham Forest, who are on an absolute roll. 
currently third and a tremendous win last night at Brentford, who are also riding high. How do you see Forrest? Well, again, again, uh, I've just called to, uh, my brother had phoned me up and I was bypassing Tesco and I had to take him, I dropped him something off because I was going up to his house. <coughs> and him and his mate are going on about Brentford at best bet on Cooper. And I said, listen, you don't get carried away with Brentford because they're a good team. Yep. But Forrest will beat them. Forest will beat them and I'm sorry Gabby I do like to see Birmingham do well now that you know I've got a soft spot for, for Birmingham but I'm going to go 2-1 Nottingham Forest they are playing well He's, I, I like the manager there I mean yeah I, <clears throat> again I think like every game it's, it's early doors isn't it how, how you start off and I, I just think it could Birmingham I think at best could get a draw but I just think that Forrest are on such a roll. And I think if Forrest scored an early goal, I think it could be um, Birmingham nil, Forrest three. Well, I think Forrest now are playing with confidence. Exactly. You know, uh, they, there's always one team <clears throat> yeah. what has a magnificent run. Yeah, then it's Forrest. And they've, they've gone on it, haven't they? So, yeah. uh, you know, they've only, they've only four or five points, maybe six points behind Leeds United and mm. five points behind uh, West Brom or five points and seven points, something like that. So uh, I think uh, they're on They're on to, uh, they're on a winning streak at the moment. It's moment in time is Forrest, and I'm going to go for a 2-1 uh, Notts Forrest. Yeah, and I'm also going to add to that, I wouldn't rule out Forrest going up with Leeds as 1-2. Yeah, well, listen, uh, that was a bad, bad result for, I mean, they got a great result against West Ham. You yep. know, they've had a little bit of a, a blip, and mm. everybody has a blip. Yep. Now, now was the time to show to show whether you, you know, you're going to get back onto the winning uh, formula and, and 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 get up in automatic playoffs. West Brom, it's going to be a big test for them now. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, my tip for the uh, for the championship. Fulham, who are currently fourth, and of all season, one step forward, a couple of back, and then sideways. And <clears> it's been pretty hit and miss for Fulham, but they've got one of your former clubs. I think everyone's a former club of yours tonight. Yeah, uh, Huddersfield Town. How do you see that one? Three nil, Fulham. They're, they're they're playing well again now, Fulham. Yeah, they are. I'm going to go two nil, Fulham. Leeds United versus Wigan, and this was the game that really stumped Leeds last season, wasn't it? It is. But <clears throat> that comeback last night, it, yeah. but again, I thought I thought they played well in patches with Leeds. We're flashing to TV over from the Aston Villa game yeah. to the Sheffield Wednesday game to the Leeds United game. We're having 10 minutes with that, 10 minutes with that, you know. So uh, I'm going to say Leeds United again. <clears throat> I'm going to go. 3-0 Leeds United. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go... Because you look at that and you think all day long that is a home win and they're going to spank Wigan. But I, I, I can say a, an 88th minute winner by Bamford and I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for Leeds United. Well, Sheffield Wednesday should have beat them all the night and it just it just shows you uh, Wednesday go and beat Leeds. Yeah. And then Wigan go and beat Sheffield Wednesday. So, But... Uh, I, I thought they were poor Wigan the other night. Uh, I think Wednesday let them off at Oak. And I mean let them off at Oak. Yeah. So uh, I think I think Leeds will... They're, <coughs> they're going to challenge somebody sooner or later, Leeds, and I think that it's going to be Wigan. 
And finally, your old boys uh, and the team you love, Sheffield Wednesday against Millwall. So it's Gary Monk versus Gary Rowett, two old blues managers going head to head in uh, in Yorkshire. Well, I wanted I wanted obviously Sheffield Wednesday to beat Leeds United, and I picked Leeds United. I'm not superstitious, but I picked Leeds United. I thought, well, I'm not letting me out rule my head. I might go for a, a Millwall. I'm going to go for a Millwall win. <clears throat> and nobody <clears throat> hope that every time I pick Sheffield Wednesday to win, they get beat. So if I go Millwall, and, hope, and I'm hoping them Wednesday wins, so I'm going to go for Millwall 1 0. Right. But I'm, I won't, obviously, I hope Wednesday win 5 0. I'm going to go Sheffield Wednesday 2, Millwall 1. So either way, it's either going to be 12 9 or 11 10. And that brings us, sadly, to the end of the end of the podcast. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your time, too. So love to you and your family. What record are you, have you picked and what are you going to play out with this week? Oh, I've got plenty of records I can cool. pick. But I'm going, to, I'm going to go with Travis. Why does it always rain on me? Yeah, I've thought about that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love doing these interviews with you. You're such a good interviewer. You put you, you put people at ease, and I'm talk, when I talk to you, it's just like I'm talking to lads. When 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 I'm with lads, it's just like that's how I feel. When when you're asking me questions, you know, when you ask me anything, I, I let it come out because it's just so I could trust you and I'd feel at ease with you. So I do love doing these uh, podcasts with you. Fantastic. Same here, but we, I don't interview anybody. We're two mates just talking football. Talking football. And right? we chew over the fat every week, every Wednesday. It comes out on a Thursday. And I just think it's it's one of my favourite hours of the week. And, you know, the missus hasn't started vacuuming yet, but I can feel the vacuum cleaner as we're, as we're talking, being plugged in and being fired up. So I better go and help her out, mate. So... Till next week. Cheers, pal. Thank you. Th- uh, have a good weekend, you and your missus. Uh, I hope Birmingham get the result for you so you're not uh, down in dumps. And I obviously hope when to win and I'm not down in dumps. But uh, have a great weekend. And thanks, everyone, what's listening to this. And what we had two, over 2,000 views last week. So it's getting better and better, Gabby. It certainly is. So thank you all. And uh, we're going to play it with Travis. Why is it always rain on me? Good night. Bye bye.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.